we can now start this bad boy. All right. What you got? Nothing. Welcome. Welcome to my show. <laughs> Welcome to... <laughs> start this over. <laughs> it's... Dude, I, I, I'm on... This will be episode seven, and I still have yeah. no idea how to start it. I have an intro song written in my head, but I just haven't recorded it yet. Nice. Um, and I think it'll be, it'll be very me-esque. Right. I think when it comes out and I finally just stop putting it off and actually do it, it'll be yeah. good to go. But nice. until nice. that day comes, it'll just start off with uh, nonsensical ramblings. Yeah. I think that's the key to a podcast is just started like have, have the, the conversation start mid-conversation. Yeah, mid mid sentence, just um, yeah, which is a, a beautiful thing, really. I mean, I, I like I try to make points, and I'm out of context, so <laughs> feel bad for the twelve people who listen to this on a regular basis. You got twelve people? Damn, it's a, a minimum of twelve. One of the episodes has like twenty three. Nice, and we're like, whoa, that's insane. So it's pretty cool. You're getting there. You're getting there. Slowly. I have a I have a shirt design in mind. It's just okay. a matter of uh, getting enough people interested that I could sell t-shirts to people who listen to uh, what I do in my free time. Yeah, that's uh, that's the uh, the merch struggle. We've all got so many great ideas for merch for our projects, but then uh, it's like, hmm, well, who would buy those besides? My parents. Yeah. Crap. Well, not doing that. There's like four <laughs> people who would probably buy them, but I'm cool with that. Yeah. That's four t-shirts, four more t-shirts than I sold uh, a week ago. Yeah. So. And you can also have them, you know, made up online so you're not, you don't have to have all that material. Yeah. Purchased. They can just buy them one at a time. All I wear for the rest of my life is just five a, a rotation of 500 shirts i made for myself yes i'll never have to buy a shirt again which is good yes. <laughs> i always find it weird that like when bands wear their own t-shirts yeah i don't i don't see that very much maybe in uh i don't know i'm sure godsmack wears godsmack t-shirts i don't know i i feel like a lot of the times they don't wear shirts because hmm. that's cooler i don't know when i was in middle school i thought they were like the coolest band in the world so hmm. yeah they have a couple good, okay tunes. I, my thing with new metal is just like musically, it's solid, like it's fun and interesting, but lyrically, it's just there's no density to it. Yeah. So like, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, I, I I didn't um, I never got into that at all when it uh when it came through. Probably but for the better. I I was. But I'm also not a super rockin' guy. I have so many friends that are into um, way heavier stuff than I am. And uh, not that I, I don't like anything loud or uh, or anything like that. I just, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's certain, heavy, like, I, I think the Mars Volta is incredible. But oh, there's, yeah. there's beautiful emotion in their lyrics, in their singing, in their compositions, and... It's 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 wonderful. I can I can get lost in it, and um, it's their their music is very inspiring to me. Even though I will never write anything close to what they can write, but uh, 
that's yeah, tool I for just, me. Yeah. I just, I find to me, I, I, I have a problem, um, emotionally connecting with a lot of the heavier music that I've heard. And then I think that has caused me over the years to maybe write off a lot more bands than I should. And that's, that's my fault. I'm in a, I'm in a phase of not writing off, uh, music as easily more, yeah, more, not as easily writing off music these days as I used to. Uh, once I met my wife who has a, a pure love of music, um, I kind of realized, I kind of saw myself after seeing, you know, her and be like, wow, I, I really, uh, I got to lay off on, on a lot of my hangups and just, uh, I'm really wasting my life just being annoyed by things. I need to start loving music, especially for being a musician and a, uh, a singer and oh, a writer. Because I mean, we're so involved in it, uh, it, it's easy to get desensitized with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, I went to, um, I think I said it on a previous episode, but, um, like in February when I went to see thrice, like my favorite band of all time, mm-hmm. I've done so much live work recently that like it didn't have the emotional impact on me that it probably did for other people. Or if it like, if it were me five years ago, it would have been like, I would have walked away. Like that was the greatest thing I've ever seen or experienced. But yeah. now just because I'm, I'm so in it, I'm like, like they played phenomenally. Like they, they're a great band, but it's just like, I, I walked, it, it was a weird reality check. And I think for whatever reason, this, downtime might bring back that youthful magic to it yeah like even starting this podcast i've went back and listened to so much stuff that got me into music that i matured past and then i was the cool like well i can't like that band because you know i'm i'm more into this now and that stuff's like lame yes i've evolved past it yeah like everybody hates on it but like when I was in elementary school, I got uh, the Green Day American Idiot record. Mm-hmm. And I've just been listening to that like nonstop. I was like, this record's so good. Why did I why did I try to be cool and hate on it for so long? Like, That's not real punk rock, even though it's got better recording value than like most <laughs> of the the real cool punk rock. <laughs> so Yeah, I've been uh in my time of working at home i think i keep going back to uh old bright eyes records and uh just digging digging back into those me like oh man wow no matter what no matter what you think about that guy um he's made some i'm not records. super familiar like it sounds from like it rings a bell but it does i don't know it it's off um the the singer frontman is uh connor oberst um it's all from like Saddle Creek Records in in Omaha. This was probably like their height was probably like the early early two thousands era. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll send you some stuff. They've got some cool uh, cool stuff, and he works with a lot of really good musicians as well. Um, he's got a very Bob Dylan esque style of writing and. Um, but then just he managed to to find 
a bunch of incredible musicians to uh, just round out his sound on on his different albums, which are all kind of different. And it's uh, it's nice. He's very pretentious, though, and <laughs> so am I. Uh, so I guess uh, I guess I I am too. I guess there's ways. that. <laughs> so I um, I asked this question in every interview: if you yeah. were to do a five song playlist of the day, what? And it doesn't have to be like, you can double dip with artists, like if you're just feeling one specific thing, but like if you were just going to yeah, go for a 20 or 30 minute walk, like what would you listen to during that time? Let's see. All right. So I guess if we're, uh, I was just talking about Bright Eyes, so we'll say uh, Method Acting by Bright Eyes. Um, and then we'll say how to disappear completely and never be found by Radiohead. Um, there's, um, a guy I love named, um, Patrick Wolf, who's a, a British singer and, uh, he's got a song called, um, Paris, which is awesome and beautiful, and it makes me smile. And as someone who loves to listen to music that makes me sad, uh, that song is always one of my favorites. Um, and it's got great blasting beats. Um, Roads by Portishead, just because uh, they've been on my mind lately. And that's it's never bad to have Portishead on the, the primo uh, on the song. I just wrote out my five songs for the day, and I too have Portishead on my list. <laughs> but we will we will wait for my turn for me to divulge. Nice, nice. And um, Beth Beth Gibbons is such an amazing singer and very subtle writer. Um, I think their the thing with Portishead is their their sound was so. I don't know. It was so it was so big that I think it was easy to miss um, what was going on with a lot of her lyrics. And uh, so going back and listening to them, I've been just reading the lyrics, being like, "Oh my god, this! I did not pick this up, you know, years ago when I was first listening to this." She says so much by saying so little. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's something that I've always tried to do. I listen. To some singers who just are are use so many words, and it's like, wow, that's that's amazing. I I don't know if I can do that. Um, and I've I've never been able to to do that, but it, it works for me. Everybody's got their own their own thing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being. I would be the most boring rapper. <laughs> I'm so bad. Like <laughs> when I try to write songs, I'm I'm so bad at writing a chorus like lyrically because mm. in my mind it's just like I, I already said this so why why would i say it again yeah I, so, I went i went through that it's like yeah whether you're whether it's the i've already said this you know i gotta go on to something else or it's like i don't know if that was good enough to repeat um but it's not a it's not a verse um boom it's a bridge um, but yeah, I, I like, I like putting a chorus together. There's a, there's a lot, 
a lot more going into it than uh, just something catchy. And uh, yeah, but they can be tricky. No, it's it's a very satisfying feeling to put a good chorus together. It's just so hard. Yeah. And I don't know if it was like, because before I went to audio school, I took a lot of like writing classes in, in college, community okay. college. I don't want to give myself full credit for actual college, but uh, I, I like those classes, but like it was just ingrained into me. It was just like, you, you've already made this point so you can revert back to it to bring in something new, but don't retell it because you've already made that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Don't be redundant. Just like my writing was always very like satirical and sarcastic and and mm. filled of of jackassery, so yeah. it doesn't make for a good. Uh, yeah, it's because you because re- you love Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I just remember like being like the my one uh, the creative writing class that I that was like my favorite class that I took uh, before I found out audio school was in the cards for me. Yeah. It was like day day one, and it was like, why did you take this? And it was like, well, I always felt like I was creative. It was like, so like, what authors do you read? And it was like, this just sound really lame, but like, I don't read a lot of fiction. Yeah. Um, it's just hard for me. Like when I read, I like to read about stuff of like how to do things or yeah. reading interviews with musicians that I look up to and like what their mm. process was to get stuff done. But like, as far as fiction goes, it's like really the only people who've resonated with me have been Kurt Vonnegut and, um, Chuck Palahniuk. And then, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna guess Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. Cause I'm, That's uh, fun. I'm a dark, sad, twisted individual mentally. But they're also, they also have very similar writing styles. Yes. And, it's, uh, you can, you can tell that Palahniuk was a huge, well, is a huge, um, Vonnegut fan, even the way they break down certain um, sentence things, the way they do repetitions. It's uh, it's great. It's great. I haven't read Palinik in a while, but um, the stuff that I've read of his is is fantastic. I think Choke is probably my favorite novel of his. That was good. Maybe Choke was good. Um, obviously, Fight Club. What's that other? Lullaby. Ooh, yeah, lullaby that was one good. was that one. Um, I read that right after I graduated high school, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, Vonnegut didn't click with me until senior year. Um, okay, because I again, it's just like if I was gonna read something, like I wanted it to be about history or or music or music yeah. history. Um, so we had to read. Um, Breakfast of Champions in my college. I was taking the college English in high school. Oh, cool. And no one else in the class got it. And I was just like, it started turning some gears for me. Um, and then like we went over it and like review and, uh, my English teacher used to coach baseball with my grandfather uh, when okay. I was when I was a kid, so like he knew us, and and um, my grandfather had passed like in the fall semester of my senior year, and I took English in the spring semester. Um, so like for whatever, like just being in that dark of a mindset, like that's what made I think the Vonnegut stuff like really, like I was just at that point I was just hating the world and myself and everyone in it, 
as you're yeah, supposed I, to do I, when you're I know I know exactly where you're at. Yeah. 17 and 18. <laughs> and the thing I liked about Breakfast of Champions was like it was in that book he brings up so much unnecessary back information that like people okay. hold as like social weight or whatever. Right. Cuz I just remember like people in the class like getting confused is like when Vonna gets like comparing like dick sizes and shit yes. and yes. he's just like yeah people in the world like that's what they hold their standards up to but like you, they they you know blah 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 yeah but like each character is individually ruining their own life and i was like i get it man <laughs> and they're like what do you mean like people aren't machines and uh, the english teacher at the time uh, was like well they kind of are he's like you know if you he's like you know, this is a college class and I'm going to be like real with all of you. He's like, there are going to be some people in this room who just fall into a, the societal trap where they have nothing to look forward to and they're going to just truck in day by day and, you know, everything's going to be so repetitive that it becomes like almost clockwork. Yeah. And he's like, so, you know, you, some people are just baby making robots. Some people are robots <laughs> who will go on to do like maybe something important he's like grabowski is just going to be a robot to sit in the back of the room and make bad jokes and i was like you hey yo that's me <laughs> and i like and you just made a fart you just made a fart noise like, <laughs> no <"Yeah."> my <laughs> my humor was was way darker and way more sophisticated than that but then like i remember talking it was <laughs> like with the uh like one of the students like we were going just like this doesn't make sense and i my my next class was a, across the entirety of the high school so mm -hmm. and gettysburg high school was like is like massively long okay that's that's what she said um hey so we're like we're talking about this book and i was like it's starting to make sense like we're not all the way through it yet and i'd like you know we'll wait till it resolves and i remember being halfway between english class which was first period and my second period class and it just like the existential like the light bulb clicked and yeah. it just went like stone phase and like my buddy ivan can confirm like i didn't talk to anyone for like three days it was yeah. just like because vonnegut just opened up so many thought like every thought that i had been thinking but couldn't word that book did it for me yeah yeah no uh, i i i agree i i I uh, got into him in my early, early 20s. Um, a friend lent me Cat's Cradle, and I just burned through it. I loved it. And then uh, um, this friend's uh, parents' house was just, it was all books and records mm -hmm. and, and music instruments. And uh, But he, he lent me a, a stack of Vonnegut books, and I just read through them that's all i did for that summer was just slam through vonnegut books and uh yeah it's the same same for my me. mind blossomed into a uh sad sad flower it's just it's crazy because that like um for my independent book report that we had to do i read fight club mm -hmm. which i had already read because i'd watched the movie i don't know if it's just like i watched that movie way too early on in life <laughs> to like force me on this path where was like yeah the corporate life is bullshit like because <laughs> i whatever that means i'm that guy um <laughs> but i remember 
that like I started like backloading like the Vonnegut stuff and like every time I finish a Vonnegut book it like it, it messes with my head. Yeah. But there was this like I don't know if I'm like a masochist or something, but it was just like I like the darkness that I feel after I read these books because at this point yep. in time, like other than um, a certain piece of music that got released that I'll talk to you in a bit, like it's the only thing that I feel understands what I'm going through right now. And it's like, you know, I have really no life plan. Uh, yeah. You know, a, a key figure in my life that I like, probably the person I was ever like closest to ever just got ripped away. Mm -hmm. And like everyone else is just like, you know, I remember like we got, you know, we had the family meeting in the phone call in November, like early November. Just like, he's probably not going to recover from this. Mm. And meanwhile, like all of my friends are just like, I got accepted to my dream college. And you're like, <laughs> cool. Like everything sucks and I feel nothing. Um, yeah. So I read Lullaby later in that summer and that book fucked me up for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good that it does that because I imagine that's the intent of those authors. Definitely Palinuk, yeah. He uh Yeah. He likes to get all up inside you and uh <laughs> and twist the knife around. Um but with, with both him and and Vonnegut, it's it's wonderful that they can they can go so dark and they can bring you to like the cliffs of despair and you're standing there miserable, but somehow also laughing. Um, you have to, and that's, <laughs> you know, I, I try to embrace that side of my personality where like, you know, yeah. I have a dark twisted sense of humor, but I, you know, I think anybody who does has gone through some, some dark times, either externally yeah. or self-inflicted, which I've done both, but yeah, that's mm -hmm. what, that's what the art's there for. But I remember sitting in that community college class, yes. like later <laughs> in the semester at, and my, my one, uh, writing professor, her husband was then my like one of my humanities classes, professor, I think it was a mythology class. Cool. If I remember correctly. So they, they both had me and then she was just like, yeah, we have a friend who lives in California. Who's just like a carbon copy of you. He's just the like cool musician, <laughs> nihilistic sailor tattooed guy who just doesn't care because the world's a dark, scary place and blah, blah, blah. I was like, cool. Thank you. Right. It was a weird conversation with her. <laughs> When I was like, just like, oh, you can take, you know, what class are you taking next? I was like, I'm probably going to drop out and go to audio school. And she's like, I'm happy that that's what you want to <laughs> do. Because, like, we get the vibe that that's what, you know, you think you're meant for. But she's like, please don't stop writing. Because she's like, you're not, yeah. you're not just a Vonnegut, Polinick ripoff in your writings. Like, it's, it's along those lines, but it's fresh and unique. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll keep that in mind. And then I gave up writing. But I want to get yeah. back. I want to get back into it uh, here soon. Cool. You should. Writing's great. Yeah, that's my uh, my Polonic Vonnegut rant. I love it. Good stuff. Yeah. As as I'm looking over my my Vonnegut books, love love that guy. The reason I have this little snakehead guy right here is from mm. um, the draw the drawing of the snake in uh, Breakfast of Champions. I don't know why I oh, cool. drew a blank on that. Yeah, because it just has the little <laughs> doodle of the snake, and it's just like. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder about the creator of the universe and me <laughs> nihilistic and existential when I was allowed to start getting tattoos was like, me too, because he's got a fucked up sense of humor. <laughs> but so do I, so I get it. 
Did we finish your five songs, or did we just take a 20-minute tangent in the middle of... You know, this is a, this is a meandering a meandering five-song list. I think I did four. Okay. Um. So let's... Five Years by David Bowie. Okay. Five years for song number five. Yes. Cool. <laughs> I will... Uh... It is a glorious song um, for a wonderful record written by a immensely incredible man yeah i'm starting to slowly get into him uh just no one in my family was really into bowie when i was a kid Mm -hmm. so i feel like i feel like he's something that when you're a kid you don't really discover like he's hard to get into when, when you're a kid um david bowie is someone else david bowie is the goblin king from labyrinth um at least for me correct um, yeah and then, uh, I mean, both both of my parents were were very into music, hence my name. Yes. Um, so, you know, they listened to a lot of stuff and exposed me to a lot of really good music. My, my dad and I really bonded over uh, Pink Floyd, who is one of my all-time favorite bands. And, um, but, uh, yeah, I remember making the connection of, wait, of like, wait. The guy from Labyrinth, he's doing all these songs. Like, that's the same guy. And then um, it wasn't until, like, high school that I really got to to dig into the stuff that you didn't hear on the radio um, to listen to albums. Right. And wow, we And then you, to see him act. And then, um, you know, to, to, to see his fashion and to see the, the artists who he has helped um it's just wow i i think i said this to a few people after he passed away but like i i couldn't think of another person on earth that more captured the word artist in its entirety than david bowie because i feel like he just had an understanding of art in its entire scope and was awesome ironically enough i was sitting in that college creative writing class when uh, the day he died and we all found out about it i was uh i had the weird like i'm bummed because i I know what all he's done and i respect it but i'm not as bummed as most just because it's not i just wasn't into it at the time so i've gotten into him more knowing about engineering and whatnot Oh yeah, but having that education is really easy to go back and respect all what was going on and how influential he was in terms of like letting engineers also have some fun instead of just being the guy to hit record and then yeah. hit stop on the tape machine and then just balance everything. Like he's one of the first people to actually allow over the top productions that actually enhance the song. So yeah, once I yeah was told that in audio school it was a lecture i was like okay i gotta go back and at least even if i don't like it initially i can listen to it and analytically take it apart reverse engineer it and then i will respect what all went into it yeah well not not everything he's done was perfect um there's there's stuff he's done that i i will skip over every time um but he's done so much and he's 
he's nailed it so many times that it's like, yeah, okay, well, and he also was like, you know, I'm going to try everything and see what works, and yeah, 80% of it was golden. It's like, I, I can respect that, okay, well done. Yeah, when he knocks it out of the park, he knocks it out of the park, and he had yeah. no limits, which yeah. I like. He's just, you know, he... Yeah. Bowie is Bowie, if that makes sense, and, and no one else is really going to be able to pull that off as well as he did because it was so innovative ironically enough one of my favorite material music possessions is i found an original pressing of a 45 single of fame at an antique store for like six bucks and i was like nice this is mine now nice so because i value my record collection a lot (laughs) yeah i found like an original um, Elton John's first album for like two bucks somewhere. It was in perfect condition. And it was like before he was signed to, I forget what his label is, but it was, uh, you know, it was a small pressing out of, out of England. And it was like, all right, snap. This is great. What a great day. It's always a good, a good feeling when you find a random record score. Just, yeah. we went to, as a family on a trip to, we went to St. Louis the summer before I started at AMP. So it would be summer 2016, I think. Um, And there was a a record store in this like hip little part of St. Louis. And I found there's a, um, a punk rock band called the Vandals that just write goofy, Mm -hmm. fun punk rock songs. And they have an album called Hitler, bad Vandals, good. And I just found that in the punk section and I was like, oh man. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a, a, one of those foundational records for, for me in the past. Uh, Josh Freeze, who plays drums with everyone. He's in Devo. He played for Trent Reznor in Nine Inch Nails. He's the drummer for A Perfect Circle in the early 2000s. Okay. Uh, he tours with Sting every now and again, and he's played on hundreds of records. Okay. He's he's one of my all time favorite drummers. But he it's he kind of got started in that band, mm. so it's just funny to see this guy who's playing with all these world renowned artists just play like the same fast beat so well behind lyrics that are about like having a mullet or just goofy nonsensical yeah. fun stuff, which I'm about because it can't be. Uh, can't be dark and miserable all the time. Got to have, got to sprinkle some fun in there. Well, it's like, um, like Hans Zimmer was in, was it the Buggles? They did a video killed the radio star. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know he was yeah. in it. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I love, I love discovering stuff like that. And I've learned, yes, I've picked up a few things starting this podcast. So I think my intentions are actually working out, which is, nice to see yes one one thing i've always loved um when i first got into music um my my dad made it um (sighs) sorry my brain is working weird today um it's all good my dad made made the point to um to make sure that while I was listening to it, I was reading the lyrics and with the lyrics yeah. were the liner notes and who was with everything. And, and you start to see connections be like, Oh wait, Oh wait, 
I remember him from, and then you grab your other record. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, that guy played on this. And then you start, um, and I did the same thing um, going to um, video stores like Block, Blockbuster when I was a kid. I would spend hours and not buy, not rent a thing. I would just look and be like, oh, okay, he was in this. Oh, he directed this. Oh, da, 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 da. this was way before IMDb. Yeah. Um, but it was this, it was. It was interesting to me, and it uh, the, those connections enriched the music to me. Um, in the same way, you know, when you find out um, who your hero's heroes were. Yeah. You're like, oh, who influenced this guy? Oh, oh, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, it makes you appreciate you know, what you just, appreciate more. Yeah. And I, I think that's important to know the, to know the history of of what you're uh listening to or watching or 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 whatever consuming mm-hmm. in our um uh, in the last episode i published which was the the breakdown episode that phoenix and i did um i just talked about how i've always been a lyrics guy so i like to sit with my headphones in and you know um look up the lyrics online because i don't buy that much yeah. physical music outside of lps like if yeah. I if I physically buy something, I'm, I'm the same way. I want it to be the the vinyl version of it. Um, yeah, and I, it's just weird to me. I just I, like I feel like not a lot of people really dive into to that aspect of it, where they won't they'll they'll have the song that gets stuck in their head and they listen to all the time, but they're never really listening to what's being said. And, you know, it works well for the, the pop formulas and whatnot. Because um, I had a conversation with uh, someone once who was into, like, the really modern country stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, this is... I forget what song it was. It was on the radio or whatever. Um, I was like, this is a commercial. Like, this yeah. isn't... And this is me getting on my pretentious high horse. Because from an engineering standpoint, the new country stuff sounds so huge and it's so clean and... From that point, like, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all hip hop produced with, uh, with a mandolin way, 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 way far in the back. So that is technically a country Yeah, it's song. either hip hop or like early 2000s, like radio rock. Oh yeah, sure. Um, but like listening to the lyrics, it's, they're, they're commercials. Like you can't get through a single hit without hearing, like hearing like Ford, Fireball, Jack Daniels. Yeah, they do specifically like, advertise a lot on country music. That is a that is a good point. And I just said it was like this sounds really pretentious, but I was like if I if I wrote down the top five albums to me of all time, I don't think I would hear a brand name. I, I think the only one that does that is one of the tool records on anima they have the song hooker with a penis where he's at the beginning he's like i guess maynard at that point is like uh trying to disassociate the fans with tool who get who got angry at tool for selling out so he's like mocking someone he's like i think the lyrics like uh he met someone wearing uh vans levi 501s uh you know, a cool Beastie Boys t-shirt and uh, like he's drinking Coke and he's telling, you know, me that I sold out. Right. But it, 
So I guess it's the ironic version of that, but it... it yeah. That's not an advertisement. Yeah. Whereas I just feel like so much <laughs> modern stuff is just like... He, he did not get uh, paid by Coca-Cola no, they to write that definitely, song. <laughs> he definitely got burned by Coca-Cola for writing that song. But yeah, it just like it dawned on me one day. I was like, wow, like not only does this radio station take a commercial break every 15 minutes, like the 15 minutes of actual music that they play, like there's an advertisement in every single song. I don't know. I mean, Radiohead mentioned Gucci. Uh, it's all going so, downhill that throws that out of the window we all got to sell out yeah but again that was not an advertisement for gucci <laughs> <laughs> that was very much an insult i i imagined <laughs> that that tom york is probably in that mindset as well man i i love him so much but he's and i'm sure he'll he'll never hear this um but he's he's one of my heroes that I hope I never meet because I just feel like I wouldn't like him <laughs> as a person. But I love his music and I love his band and I just I love just everything he does. Um, but I feel like if I met him, I'd be like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I've had that happen a couple of times where I get really stoked to meet someone and then it's like, oh. But then I got to meet one of my yeah. biggest heroes in December, and he was like, the, yeah. he like he thanked me for being there, and I was like, whoa, yeah, no, 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 thank <laughs> you, because I don't think you realize what all your art has done for me as a person. Like, yeah. regardless of you yeah. being in a band and screaming in the microphone or the the books that you've written, like, dude, thanks, man. Yeah. And I think. I've never been a big autograph guy, um, but uh, I, I do make it a point if if I am lucky enough to meet um, different artists that I like. It it's I I do want like I just put my hand out and I just say thank you and then that's what I did. You know I keep it I keep it short and I keep it um, sincere because you know I mean these people mean a lot to me and they've yeah you don't want to waste their time. I did ask him no. for a selfie. I was like, hey, man, like, I'm not from yeah. here, and my buddy flaked on me and kind of left me high and dry, so, like, can I get a selfie and piss him off a little bit? And he's like, oh, absolutely, dude. I was like, you want to go goofy <laughs> or angry? He's like, let's go angry. And I'm, like, nerding out. I was like, this is Keith fucking Buckley, who's been my hero since I was, like, 13. Yeah. So I'm, like, trying to look serious, but I'm just like, oh, man. This is a nerdy <laughs> look on my face. And he's just mean mugging the camera. Yeah. And I saw him the next day at the venue. He was just walking through. He had like, you know, his, his hat on and his like his pea coat, the collar kind of popped. And he just like looked at me and he yeah. definitely was like, oh, you're the guy from what? Like, he didn't say it, but he was just, you know, just gave me the respect yeah. head nod. And I was like, yeah. Oh, man. I was like, does Keith, nice. does Keith think I'm cool? Because I think Keith's like one of the coolest guys on the planet. <laughs> well, then there's the times when you, uh, I don't know if you have, but if you uh, completely over psych yourself and just make a fool out of yourself that's always um great uh never to anyone famous i don't think uh but like yeah i met like they did a beer release thing so i was getting like they they did two beers that were like themed for uh for the band yeah on the thursday that i was in buffalo and then the concert was friday and saturday okay so i got 
I was at the brewery, and I, I was getting my two beers at the end of the night, like my two four-packs. And then the Ravens were playing on Thursday night football, so I was watching. I was like, oh, man, like they're putting a pretty good drive together. So I'm, I'm watching, you know, a, a touchdown drive happen, and I look over, I was like, oh, God, that's Keith at the end of the bar. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? I was just going to leave, and I was like, no, Adam, like, fuck it. Are you ever going to – is yeah. it ever guaranteed that you're going to get – to be in a position where you can thank a top five influence for you all time to just stick your hand out and say, thanks, man. Yeah. And I did it. And I was like shaking all the way to the car when I left. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I texted Jim immediately. I just sent him the selfie and I was like, guess who I just fucking met? (laughs) And he's like, are you for real? And I was like, yeah, dude, like this is insane. That's awesome. And then in the uh, since it's quarantine time, they had um, a guy who goes around and just films concerts for everybody in that um, that genre. They just released night one of the uh, of the festival uh, last night on mm. Friday, so I got to rewatch it, and I was like, "Yeah, was it's... that the one that you said you saw yourself in?" Yeah, there was the. The same company did a little recap of one of the songs, but then they put out a full mm. concert okay. of night one for uh nice. for the Tid the Season Festival. And uh they opened up with a song called Floater and they just brought it like that feeling the energy in that room when they had like a little um the a scrim's not the right word because scrims you can kind of see through, but they had a, a yeah a curtain at the top when that thing dropped and the music started like the room just exploded and that was insane and then on saturday night which was night two if you were on the ground floor it was impossible for you to not be in a mosh pit or in the edge of a mosh pit so i nice. definitely played it right because night one get, i bought my touched. merchandise <laughs> oh yeah night uh, one i bought I bought a hoodie and like a beanie and I was like, I'm going to stand back because I don't want to lose this. But night two, it's on. And I didn't have to meet or wait for anybody. So it was just like keys in the pocket. Let's go. Brass knuckles on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I, ironically um, enough, I guess uh, I'll get it. You good? You still there? Uh, There's a little zoom lag. Stop there. No, I'm good. Okay. Um, there. Have you heard of the band uh, Wax Fang? Yes. Okay. They're I probably couldn't probably name song a song called, off the top of my head. There's a song called The Majestic. Um, hey, I work there. We've covered it before. Yeah. It's the name of my um, theater. Well, not my theater. And it was on an episode of American Dad, and that's how I heard it. And it's it's amazing. They're a great, like, kind of like acid space rock okay, yeah, yeah. band. Um, but the uh, the lead singer, I just, I, I, he's one of those guys that, like, I feel like, oh man, if I could meet Scott Carney, I think we would be best friends. Like, he writes the same way I do. Like, he did a whole um, concept EB about uh, called the Astronaut um, about um a uh an astronaut getting lost sucked into a black hole and like transforming into a galactic super being and it was beautiful um and um 
So it's it's you know I I, I like to write some sci-fi stuff yeah. and um so I was like man I love this guy and he directs like their music videos mm-hmm. and uh, that's something I'm into as well and um I think he engineers their stuff too which I'm not good at so <laughs> we'll we'll skip on that um but like you know we have a sim- similar vocal range and it's just like I want to be this guy's best friend so um they're from Kentucky and they don't do a lot of big tours um but they did one tour that went through pittsburgh and um so i stayed with a friend that weekend and went to see the show at a really small venue and they rocked it and it was amazing and i was already i had like lines in my head i had my album in my pocket just be like here man just you know take it and love it you're gonna love it um and uh I just, I I had it all ready to go and, um, I talked to the rest of the band and they were all super cool. No problems. I get up to, to Scott and I just turned into a puddle and I pretty much was like, Hey, I I turned into like nervous Chris Farley. (laughs) Um, I was just like, I, I, I do bands too. Um, I, and he was so nice and he was so just like appreciative and like and great but i could not come across as someone less interesting um like yeah so i bought their record and and left and uh it was still a great show and the they were all super nice and i would love to see them again and try again <laughs> Like, you, you, you definitely get away from you me. told me that story before. <laughs> I remember I you from Pittsburgh. I didn't want to. S- oh, okay. <laughs> you're that you're that weird guy. No, you've told me that before, but I didn't want to cut you off because it's such a good such a good story. That it was like yeah, I'm, it's, it's always good when you can uh, embarrass yourself. I'm so happy I didn't have enough time to think of anything to say. Yeah. Where it was just like I I, I psych myself up too much. That's that's my problem. Um because I, I just get I get so anxious um, that I I try to plan conversations mm-hmm. and then uh, that doesn't always go well. Yeah, he was just like, "Where are you from?" I was like, "Gettysburg, PA." He's like, "Where's like at the bottom of like at the at the bottom?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You you came here?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Like he's like, "Thanks for making the trip, man." I was like, "And and, and th- thank you for taking a picture with me." It's like there was um. I wish I didn't make a dumb face because I'd be more proud of it. it was like, <laughs> Oh, I can't post this. I did. Um, whatever. Um, <laughs> did he blurt his own face out? It's just a photo. Just a blurry just Photoshop. Blurry of, photo. Photoshop a picture of you from another picture. Yeah. There was some drunk lady in the bar, and she was like, "You guys have the same beard." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> All beards are the same. If you're a white guy with brown hair and a beard, you look like every other white guy with brown hair and a beard. <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Hang on. You still there? Okay. I got a phone call that came in and I just, uh, I didn't know if that was going to mess it up. So it just said, I got to take this. Hang on one second. Hey, dad. No. <laughs> it's all good. All good. <laughs> but, um, no, but like if, if yeah. I would have known like that morning or whatever, that like you're going to meet Keith Buckley tonight, I would have been like, I'm going to not go because I'm not cool and I'm going to embarrass myself. Yeah, first of all, I'm just going to go home. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, you see, you you psych yourself so much, you psych yourself up so much about people, and <laughs> you know, everyone's just 
a person, but it's hard to remember that sometimes when yeah, like you know when you see them through, uh, you know the whole celebrity thing. Yeah, I mean, and he's probably not like if I if I mention that name to the average person, they're gonna have no idea who it was. Yeah. But if we if we wrap back to my weird, my weird dark nihilistic times, um, like post high school, the my favorite every time I die record came out. I think three weeks after I graduated, it's called From Parts Unknown. So I'm listening to that record and reading Vonnegut and Polonik. So like the the just the themes of that record really kind of coincide with a lot of the just the the Vonnegut Polonik thing where it's dark, but we can still find little bits of of humor and smartassery in it. Yeah. Yeah. That record is is very raw sounding, and it's just forty five minutes of very very aggressive music. <laughs> I, I needed it at the time, but yeah, I, I don't know how you like. I don't I don't ever feel the need to like explain to someone whose work I like like how big of a fan I am of it. You know what I mean? Because then it just seems like yeah, it's it's coming off weird. Yeah, and yeah, you don't need to you you don't need to stand there and prove to them that you're a fan. Like, Hey, yeah. I'm your fan. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this, I've got this tattoo, this tattoo. Da, 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 da. They're like, okay, that's, that's yeah. a well, the little one, too much. A little weird. The one thing they do is that like, <laughs> if you have an, every time I die tattoo and you're at the show and you find one of the band members, you can show it to them and they'll post it to the band page and tag you in it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They're very appreciative. Um, they all seem like very appreciative dudes. The, the one guitar player in the band, is actually his brother and i had made just friends up there from the brewery the night before um there was a couple from australia and then there were two dudes from uh worcester massachusetts where polar's from so worcester yeah but i was with the i was born i was born in mass oh i didn't know that yeah i was born in weymouth it was a long time ago that's why i do not have it (laughs) i was with the um (laughs) doug and uh becca the australian couple Mm-hmm. Which is like, hey, I remember you from the night before. Like, we can, I don't know anybody else here. So, yeah. Can I third wheel you guys? Um, and the guitar, that's what she said. <laughs> the guitar player, Jordan, <laughs> uh, was walking through, and uh, the one guy, Doug, is like, Jordan, I came all the way from Australia to see the show. I'm so psyched. And he's like, man, now I'm nervous. And I was like, Jordan, I just, I just want a <laughs> fist bump, dude. That motherfucker fist bumped me so hard. It was the most aggressive fist bump I've ever got. Punched you in the fist. Basically. (laughs) And I'm not complaining. It's like, why are you winding up? Ah! No, but they're definitely, I don't want to sound negative in this, but like, it's really hard to do what they've done in the musical genre that they're in. Yeah. So they all seem fairly down to earth and they're like, we've made a career and a community off of just playing loud, chaotic music. Yeah. And it's a... For the most part, you know, music shows like that are, are very cool. I mean, they're in, you know, they're intense. There's all you're always getting shoved around, but like, there's always the one or two bad pickles who get uh, who get a fight started, but they get thrown out quickly. Yeah, yeah. He had my Keith, the front man, had my favorite quote on the second night, and he was just like, you know, we just want to thank everyone for coming out here. Um, you know, uh, hardcore shows are a family and a community, and he's like, I just want to know that, like, I, I want you to know that everybody's welcome at an every time I die show, and then he goes. Unless you're racist, sexist, or homophobic, then you deserve to get drug out of here by your eyelids. And it was just Hell the yeah. loudest applause. Like, <laughs> yeah, get it. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Yeah, man. 
That's good. You gotta, yeah, that's good. But then I've also met enough famous people that you would, that like they play the oldie nice music and they're not, not the most uh, personable folk. I'm not gonna. Uh, I, I remember the story you told me. Yes. Not, it's not <laughs> exclusive to just that one. There's, there's been a couple other ones yeah. that I've, I've encountered in my times in live productions. Like, but you wrote that, like, my grandma likes that song. And like, <laughs> but I don't think she'd like you. And then there's like, I'm going to punch your grandma. <laughs> oh, come on, come man. On. Just standing here. Like, I'm supposed- I, I hope your grandma isn't going to listen to this. I, I shouldn't have I don't that. think she knows how. Nice. And I, I, sometimes like in, in, in doing this, cause I'm really only talking to my friends at this point. Yeah. So it really just turns into talking with my friends into a microphone that I then broadcast to the public. So I kind of forget that I'm doing a public content thing. Right. So yeah. I definitely let some, uh, some language slip. But I just put the little E next to it, and it's like it's explicit. people. Are like, it could, it could cost you a job opportunity one day. And I was like, not in my industry. Like, <laughs> think if you want to work in pro audio, you're required to drop. You have like a quota of language to meet during the day. Yeah, and yeah. I will exceed that with yeah. flying colors. <laughs> that's your that's your baseline. Yeah, thirteen of them. All right, challenge accepted. Hope you took the over on that one. <laughs> Did that before I got out of the bathroom this morning. <laughs> Stubbed my toe and I knocked seven out right away. <laughs> Beautiful. So yeah, what else? I don't know. I have my five songs. I don't know if you have any, if you want to dive into that or if you have anything. Uh... Hit me. Yeah. Hit me with your five songs. All right. So I talked about every time I die very lengthy on this episode and they just released, I said they just released the concert so Floater, the live version from Tid the Season Night One. Nice. Uh, there's a punk band called Against Me, and they have a song called Up the Cuts. Uh, the story of that band's really cool. Their um, their front woman's transgender. Okay. So she has a lot of cool, very open lyrics about what that's like. Yeah. And it's it's done in a way where, you know, a lot a lot of the music deals with the emotion attached to it, and not necessarily the mm-hmm. the the physical transition you know so it's a it's a cool right. insight into that mindset hmm. that's awesome but this one was this one was done before uh that happened but it's just a good a good catchy song they're just a solid just a solid kind of kind of punk band but they're also very like sing-songy at the same time mm-hmm. i think if you were to get into modern punk stuff like that would be the band that would intrigue you the most okay I've, just I've from heard, i've heard of them from a lyrical perspective um, it's just a good like singy chanty song. Yeah. They played it. They were also at the Every Time I Die Festival. But uh, I talked about them. I kind of rediscovered them heavily nice. when Phoenix and I went through our episodes where we talked about our musical histories from birth to present. And I rediscovered like all the punk rock love. So that um, Jars by the band Chevelle. Uh, I do this. Okay. I do this thing with that band where, like, was that a single? Yeah, like that record came out when I was in like eighth grade. Yeah, I remember when they came out. That was yeah. Yeah, it was. 
later on because their first record hit in like the very early 2000s. I'm such a terrible Chevelle fan because I really love what they do, but I'll be into them like heavily like I am right now. I'm catching this wave where they'll be heavy on my playlist rotation for like three weeks and then I will forget about them for four to six months. And then four to six months from now, I'll be like, I need to listen to Chevelle more. And then they just get phased out. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's not like I don't like their entire discography. I really enjoy just for whatever reason, I can never keep them constant in my playlist, yeah. which is a knock. It's a knock on me, not not them. Right. I was having a bummer day from day 3712 of quarantine. So Dummy by Portishead, that record is a good rainy day record for me. And it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's gray and cold. So uh, mm-hmm. Pedestal, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Pedestal, yeah. as she says it with her English uh, dialect. So that's song four. Mm-hmm. And then to get out of having a bummer day, uh, we have a stationary bike. And I was like, I'm going to get half an hour in on this before the podcast. So so I'm in a elevated chipper mood. So I listened to the Swedish gent band Mushuga to get me through that because I okay. like the heaviness. And the mm-hmm. song I Am Colossus is okay. uh, song five for me because I don't. I like to listen to metal when I work out. It just motivates me, you know. I think that's, I think that's pretty, pretty standard. I mean, I like to listen to metal all the time, but specifically when I'm exerting physical force on <laughs> some piece of exercise gear or whatnot. I don't know. Picked up skateboarding again in the downtime. Cool. Uh, not good at it, but. Right. Hey, you're picking it up. You're getting there. Rediscovered it. Uh, and unfortunately, like I, so I bought a new board because my old one was in less than ideal condition. Like one of the, on my old deck, like one of the bearings in the wheels was like just one set of them was just shot. So anytime you would pick up speed and go to push, it would just like hit the brakes and you would just Oof. fall. So yeah, I bought... I, I tried skateboarding once and really... Really hurt myself and was like, yeah, this yeah, for me. I I'm broke like, my ankle. I'm get back on the bike. Broke my ankle in middle school, and that's what kind of what led me to picking up the drums. Yeah. Um, but it's always something I've really liked from afar. And now I just have the mindset of like, I don't need to be good at it. Like, if, if, it's, if I want to do it, I can probably do it. Yeah. And then like now that I've made passions a career at this point or at least the foundation of a career at this point like i just need something i need an outlet that isn't related to anything yeah yeah that makes sense and the challenge of skateboarding is lucrative yeah but it's been raining and i'm bummed i'm like i got this sweet new skateboard and now i can't (laughs) cold and gray and damp out there so i don't want to get rained on so you're just messing around on a little trampoline in the basement uh no our my the basement ceilings here are like <laughs> i'm 510 i want to say our ceilings are like six foot five so i, I couldn't even <laughs> give you a lot of room no i bought these like they have these things called skater trainers which are just like it's like a weird looking rubber contraption that you just slide over the wheel so you can okay keep some stationary so you can just kind of practice yeah without without it kicking away yeah and slamming into the wall or but it's been good to like practice kind of the board control stuff with it 
Um, yeah. I don't plan on getting like really good at tricks right away, but the patio that we have, there's not really a lot of space to like pick up momentum. So I can at least, yeah, you know, practice a little bit and get a little bit of exercise yeah. in to do it. Nice. But yeah, no, I, I'm one of the few people who's probably benefiting to some degree from this quarantine. Because <laughs> I've gotten so much stuff built for, I guess, the months to come. Yeah. Starting That's, this podcast has been great. Yeah. Yeah, you've been, uh, you've been hitting hard. Yeah, built a website. Going to publish that soon. Cool. Uh, just got to get a couple files from other folk to upload and that'll be published. That's awesome. Other than that? Yeah, I've just been, uh, I haven't been, I haven't been doing much. I've been, uh, wanting to, but I'm having trouble, uh, trouble focusing. Um, yeah, see what happens. I have ideas and I have little things that I've started, but, um, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's like not, not, not crushing it with the, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I get through work and then, uh, I'm just kind of tired, but yeah, I think everybody's going through this differently and I think, uh, it's easy to see something like this and be like, oh man, I've, I'm going to have all this free time mm-hmm. and I can do all this stuff, but then, uh. For me personally, it's hard to not be affected by um, everything and uh, what everyone is going through. And the way that instead of inspiring me to create, it just kind of overwhelms me. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, knowing that everybody's going through this is just, um, yeah, it's, it's heavy. And, uh, it definitely, everybody's reacting to it differently. And, um, I don't think there's any real wrong way unless you're, you know, doing terrible things, obviously. Yeah. Don't Um, do terrible things. Don't do terrible things to other people or yourself. Um, but then you deserve to be dragged out of any establishment with your, uh, eyelids or by your eyelids. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I think... I think for me, I I think once we get through this and um, the society at least starts to recover, I think uh, then I can kind of look back on it all and the scope of it, and then maybe I can uh, pull something out of that. But right now, I I don't even I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to think. Um. So that's how that's how I'm dealing with it. <laughs> just uh, along for the ride. Just trying not to, yeah, trying not to let anxiety destroy me. It's been hard. Like you know, I I usually revert to a more pessimistic and negative mindset, and yeah, it's been good. This has really like it's it's opened my eyes to how much time I've wasted before this started yeah where i would not go for things so when it was just like oh well i have nothing to do i've always wanted to be able to do a kickflip <laughs> might as well try 
I just got my last gig payment. It's enough to buy a skateboard. So I'm going to buy a skateboard Boom. and I'm not going to like, <laughs> I had did lunch with my grandmother and she's like, why'd you buy a skateboard? I was like, to skateboard. <laughs> not to, man, I know. I really hope she doesn't listen to this to make, make her the, whatever judge. <laughs> it's pretty, the, the nouns, the verb in this scenario, it's. <laughs> Yeah, it's just weird that, like, I see people who are usually positive, like, freaking out, and I'm usually the, like, cynic guy in the background, and I'm like, this is not good, but yeah, if we go about it properly, I hope that everybody picks up a new hobby or creative outlet in these times, because that's, it could, if if I didn't pull the trigger on all this stuff, like, I would be in a terrible spot. And I don't want yeah. to revert back to that, nor have, nor allow myself to let anyone who's close to me get to that spot. So I yeah. hope that this podcast can provide some sort of entertainment and just get away for an hour and an hour and a half to people. And maybe they check out some of the tunes that we're talking about, or maybe they... Uh, yeah. hear how we're passionate about some certain aspects of literature and they check out a book that they would have never read and yeah, yeah get the uh, intelligent conversation flowing because go pick up slapstick by kurt Vonnegut. yeah oh good one because <laughs> we like we went to my grandmother's for dinner the other night and the news was on and that was just yeah it's hard the news was on for like 25 minutes and i was like i'm gonna have an anxiety attack like yeah. this I went from having a pretty okay day to like I'm going to I'm going to have a freak out cuz yeah. the world's going to split in half and we're all going to fall in. Yeah. It's like now I could probably go outside and practice some ollies and some pop shovets. There you go. Get get those down and then I can start dragging the foot and get the kickflip down. Yeah. But yeah, I I uh my logical brain um, tells me that we will get through this and that uh, I'm definitely grateful for what I have. Um, but yeah, it's still weird. It's hard to deal with. It's hard to, hard to reconcile with your brain sometimes. But Yeah, it's a very, it's a very uncomfortable tennis match. <laughs> we should we should drag this out so we end on a good note instead of us just being like, yeah, well, now that this is over, we can go back to being bummed. <laughs> yes, good stuff. Happy stuff. Yes. Creative stuff. Anyone who's listening, if you wanted to start a blog about 80s movies, start your blog about 80s movies. If you want to... Yes. If you've always wanted to learn the guitar, you can buy a starter kit off the internet. Pick it like do it yeah it's It's, very easy it's (laughs) if your intentions are just to do something that you've always wanted to do you know don't at least try it yeah now's now's a good time because everybody's trying a lot of new things yeah i'm hoping that like uh I i don't know if i imagine you're kind of this way as well but like being an artist you know a a songwriter and you've done 
acting and did you direct the glitter music video or you just yes okay yeah i I wrote and directed the that music video yeah okay but i i think since we're both heavily involved in the creation of a product like we really respect Mm -hmm. the 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 craftsmanship of things that people have made themselves i'm really hoping that people pick up some hobbies in this time too yeah you know because that would be that would be great for small businesses for like if you know people understand what all goes into it and hopefully uh hopefully people start you know when this all recovers they start shopping local instead of going to whatever chain or start eating local instead of going to the same you know chain restaurant place hey i support my local applebee's (laughs) (laughs) that's what i meant that's what i meant No, there we've um uh to to those listening who don't know me, I'm down here in Baltimore and there's a there's a lot of really good food down here. Ever since we moved, um we really unless it's been a random uh fast food stop in the middle of the night or something, we um we've been lucky to uh have a lot of good food around here. That coffee shop you took me to the one day when we were recording your EP was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, Zeke's, yeah. That's a very popular place down here. Nice. And they're right around the corner from my house. Convenient. Baltimore, where my EP Stereo Flame was recorded. Yes, I am in uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, where other parts of that EP Stereo Flame were recorded and mixed. Yes, (laughs) and mixed and mastered and... Produced and whatnot. Yeah, did uh, yeah. drums for th- three of the four songs that had drums right behind me. So, yeah, cool. And they're awesome. Yes, you can. Uh, well, now that we're promoting you, we should promote you, and you can tell people where to find you, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this yeah, up. Yeah, I've got I've got some stuff. Um, I put out um, an EP here with with Adam. He engineered it masterfully. Um, and uh it was a great a great collaboration and everything that i hoped it would be and i can't wait to get cracking on our next venture um but yeah it's called stereo flame it's uh you know i've always been like a folk centric writer um but not like in a peter paul and mary sense uh kind of like in a early bowie or rem sense but uh the, i think this was once the drums and synths came in it's kind of more uh it takes got like a folk rock sound i think that's pretty fair so a, f- a, a folky little, song structure than folk rock yeah but i'm a big i'm really proud of it oh yeah i'd like i listened back to it but, the other uh, day probably like two or th- oh, not the other day but a couple weeks ago like just yeah. front to back, and there's only one thing that I heard where it's like, oh, that was just a little, little too loud. But oh. <laughs> I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna tell you what it was. It's not even like good. I don't even think anybody else would notice it. I get it. But I was just I like, oh, it. come on, Adam. You should have like that. Should have been like a decibel <laughs> and a half quieter. Yeah. And it's not even like a prolonged oh, thing. It's something that's there. Like, hey, now a it's gone. Little blip. Yeah. 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 No, it's it's uh I'm I'm very proud of it. I love it. I've listened to it many times. Um 
But yeah, it's called Stereo Flame. It's on your favorite streaming site or Bandcamp. Um, you can listen to it on YouTube. Um, I'll link to it probably. Yeah, yeah throw, throw, throw some do, links Do up. a little, little about you. So, um, Adam also mentioned my my illustrious acting career. Um, I was in a film called Darkness Waits that just got released onto Blu-ray, which I'll send you the link to that as well. Recorded the intro song for that as yes. well. That was the first thing we did together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote the uh the opening credits song and uh yeah, it was it was an interesting collaboration with a friend of mine named Kevin Yost who lives in Greece. He did the score for the film. Um so I was talking to him. I was like, "Man, I really want to do like a classic like opening credits um you know, written for the movie." Uh, so he's like, oh, well, why don't you write it and just send me the vocals and then I'll build the rest of the song around it in Ableton. So uh, this was like, <laughs> this is great because it was right before we moved to Baltimore. So I had bought a house in Baltimore with my wife, but I didn't have a job yet in Baltimore. So I had to stay back in Greencastle, PA, move back into my parents' house and keep working at my the job that I had. So Adam came up to my parents' house and we uh we tracked the uh the vocals and yeah, it came out really well. Um so that's the opening credits scene and um yeah, it's it was filmed in Waynesboro, PA um by Libmatic Films, which is the director Libby McDermott and the cinematographer Matt Staley. Um, it's got, uh, Jim Crutt, who was the helicopter zombie in, oh man, one of the George Romero of the dead movies. I think it was Day of the Dead. I haven't seen any uh, of them. I'm not a horror guy, um, so. Yeah, but he, he's super nice. Um, Scott, um, I think it's Shiafro. I don't know how to pronounce it, but he was in, uh, Clerks. Oh. Um, he's in it. That's and way he's... more of my vibe. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Chulies oh, guy. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He was like the mayor. Like I did like, like all of his scenes were with That's... me. That's okay. Um, and he's, yeah, he's so cool. He's, he's, he's such a nice guy and he's a guitar player as well. He's a really good guitar player. Um, yeah, he's, he's up in Jersey. So, uh, he came down it was really cool working with him. Um, I really should have written this down. Like my mind is going blank, but there was one. Uh, was Connor? Oh man! Now I feel bad because he was so nice, but it was a guy who was in. Let's see if I can look this up real quick. He was in uh, like Plan Nine from Outer Space, and like he worked with Ed Wood on a lot of different things. Um, but this was his role, and this was a. Uh, this was his last role before he passed away, and that was really uh, really cool working with him and talking about um, old Charlie Chaplin movies and the uh, the blacklist era of Hollywood. But um, yeah, so Darkness Waits it's a it's like a horror thriller. Um, 
true crime. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's very David Lynch inspired. Um, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I'll put some links up. You can, um, it's on Vimeo as well. You can rent it on Vimeo. You don't have to buy the Blu-ray if you don't want to, but, uh, you should buy the Blu-ray. Yeah. People buy the, I'm going to find out this guy's name here because I feel really bad. <laughs> buy the Blu-ray. You also had a mustache and a deer tattoo in that movie. So Yeah, I did. Thank you. Um... <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, my my wife was not happy with my, uh, with my choice for that mustache because we filmed it over an entire summer. So it was just straight and, uh, stash. So she had to live with me with, with that long, full mustache. And, um, she was very happy about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it worked for the character. Oh, I get it. I, it's, I'm a big proponent of the, uh, of doing Movember where you grow the mustache out yes. for a month. <laughs> and, uh, in one of my previous romantic endeavors, it started kind of blossoming in like mid November. Yeah. And, uh, she was like, like, I'm sorry. I, you got to keep the stash. I'm not, this isn't, this isn't going to go anywhere until that goes. And I was like, well, you got like two more weeks. So I'm, the stash stays. You I'm go. giving you an out. Oh, she did. <laughs> <laughs> but um conrad brooks is the name of the actor who was uh in the ed wood movies um he was a very sweet man and uh really cool to work with and uh it was an honor to um work with someone who came up through the literal golden age of hollywood and just you know working in that it was uh it was pretty surreal. Yeah, it's always but, Yeah, it was a good movie and I had a mustache and uh and I am not a great actor, but I did it. <laughs> and I'm 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 definitely proud of of what we all accomplished. Everyone um, go check it out. Yeah. And then you sport a mustache for a whole summer. Yeah. Every every listener See in how here. you like it. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it looked good. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't, but, uh, it was fun. Uh, like I was going to the, the YMCA during that summer too. Um, and like I, every now and then I catch myself in the mirror, just sweaty in a sweaty shirt with like a, a bandana on my forehead and this like really creepy looking mustache. And you're like, and I, I have... love 1978. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm going to get kicked out of here. I look so uh, I don't even know what the word is, but it was a great experience. And, um, yeah, I love, I love movies so much and I love being behind the scenes on them because making movies is such a complicated thing. And, um, especially when it's a very small budget and a very small dedicated crew, um, everybody's doing 50 things. Yeah. And, uh, just so that we can make the movie, not so that we can get rich. Um, so it was really cool to see that uh, at the premiere on the screen and be like, wow, we, uh, we put this together. This, this is pretty cool. 
Yeah, I wanted uh, to go to that, but like you invited me, and I was like, it, pl- it like it didn't debut at like a really weird time or something. Yeah, it was like a Wednesday night at like ten, like because it was in a working theater, and yeah, this wasn't gonna pull in. You know, it wasn't. I don't know what came out then that weekend. Toys four or something. Um, I don't know. You invited me, and I was like, I I have a gig this week, like that night. Yeah, yeah, you had know. something. I felt bummed. It was cool. I was like, I can make got, it. No, I can't. I'm an hour away. And my gig ends at <laughs> 10. I think you I think you might have even had a gig in Baltimore. Maybe? No. Uh, you're playing, you're, I think you were doing a lot of Baltimore shows at that point. Possibly. But uh, I'm glad not... I, I'm glad that phase of my musical career is over. Just with <laughs> band, band involvements and whatnot. Yeah. It's it definitely a, a change for the better. I, I'm in, I'm in two musical groups right now. That is is very very, very very nice to be in. Nice, because it's definitely more about the art of creating a good song and performance. And when we're at yeah. band meetings, there's no time of like, well, we need to do this so we could possibly, you know become super yeah. awesome rock stars it's just like yeah. hey we got a gig this is probably going to be fun and this is what it's going to pay and it's like cool all right yeah i'll be there yeah so yeah it's it's good to find it's good to be in a project that um is true is true and everybody has similar goals and um yeah speaking of which i'm in another band um you are plug everything. My mind dude. is all over the place. Yeah, uh, it's a band called Fable Lore. We make uh, wizard music. Um, <laughs> Spell it for the people who are listening. Cause... Ah, that's a great idea. Uh, Fable Lore, F A B L E L O R E, one word. Um, I play Mellotron and uh, backing vocals, and um, my good friend Eli August is the singer songwriter. Um, wunderkind cellist uh, Tillman Benham is phenomenal. also in it. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. he's he's amazing. He's uh, yeah. Um, he's absolutely by far the best musician in the band. Um, he might be the only real musician in the band. <laughs> <laughs> I hear some um, of Tillman's but- parts for. Not only Fable Lore, but because he plays with Eli a lot. And I was like, man, yeah. like, this isn't fair. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely a virtuoso. And it's, uh, but he's also one of the sweetest guys I know, too. Yeah. Like, he could be, he could be so. You wouldn't even know. You wouldn't um, even know that he yeah. would be the best cello player that you would encounter in your life. Yeah. Um, so nice. Uh, but then his father is also in the band, and he plays um, Native American flutes, and it gives it a nice, um, really organic, woodsy feel to it. So and we really gem- play a lot some with djembe um, as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and he plays the djembe too. Um, and uh, yeah, we kind of focus on kind of elemental storytelling. Um, a, a lot of it is just like fantasy-based storytelling. Um, but you pull with, it off um, so well. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's 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 good stuff. Every time good stuff. I hang out with Dave and he's mixing it, if I haven't heard the session or if I didn't, you know, assist to some degree, I'm like, no, it it mentally the 
image that's painted in my head is, you know, Lord of the Rings or Willow type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely like something I Those are lame examples, but I'm not the biggest Willow like, is a great movie. It's a uh, oh. Lord of the Rings was awesome too. You you did great. Thank you. Those are the two. Those are two. The, the two that I know, and I dare I say, those are two of the best. Oh, I'll also throw a uh, Princess Bride in there. Mm. I might Princess have to Bride's watch. Amazing. Might have to watch that in this quarantine. It's an interesting thing. I uh, so I read that novel a couple years ago, and it's really good. But you know, the novel versus movie, it's always like, oh man, why did they take this out? Or yeah. Oh, the book is better. For the most part, the book is usually better because it's a book and they can put all of the information in there. Yes. They're different mediums. The only um, time I disagree with that, though, is I think the extended editions of The Lord of the Rings are better than the books. The extended editions of The Lord of the Rings are better than most things in the world. I would say that is the best movie trilogy. I agree. It might not be my favorite or most watched, but once a year, I'll... I'll just marathon it yeah i've been really wanting to watch it again recently so good i always take away something from it that i've missed and i've watched them a lot but it's just so good yeah oh i was on a where was i going oh yeah fable um so yeah we we are on Bandcamp. we're on um spotify and all the streaming stuff we've got um a decent amount of recordings um eli Eli writes very fast so uh we've been putting putting down a lot of stuff and i'm sure once the uh quarantine is over we'll get back to i'm sure he's probably got at least a thousand more songs just (laughs) ready to go um but those are all recorded up at amp in gettysburg Um, mcsherry's down mcsherry's yeah I always say Gettysburg because nobody knows where McSherrystown is. It's next to Hanover. It's I next guess. to Gettysburg. It's in between Gettysburg and Hanover. <laughs> um, it's this, in I South mean, Central I come, I come from Greencastle, PA, and nobody knows where that is either. So I, I, I definitely it's Chambersburg. Yes, 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 it is. I always just say it's near Gettysburg. You'll find it on eighty-one. Yes um cool yeah fable is great it's uh we're we're trying to do uh do music for um people playing like D D. yeah that's what I, I tried to think of that and i it, my mind blanked and i was like uh yeah it makes me think of lord of the rings yeah <laughs> um so we're 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 trying to see if we can make that work and do uh do songs also specifically for like people's campaigns and or songs that would just work for a dungeon crawl part of uh, mm. of the game, or a battle, or a uh, you know, a castle siege, or I'm just gonna I'm stop naming fantasy tropes. You get it? Uh, yep. <laughs> Slaying of a dragon. That uh, that b wooing of a dragon. That b roll shot where they all <laughs> where they all ride up on their horses on the yes. mountain and you can see the sunrise over the, the, yes. the, the, the valley below. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's done well. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So check, check out fable lore too, cool. please. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, even if you just stream it, it's, it's fine. As long as you're listening to the music, it's all good. Um, and if you'd like it, share it. 
Yeah. So that's then, uh, those are my things. Plug yourself, and then I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap this up. Yeah, uh, I am Waylon K. Smith um, out of Baltimore. You can find me on Facebook or Instagram at WK Smith Music. Um, from there, you can find my links to um, my streaming sites and uh, Bandcamp and. I post fairly regularly. Um, not so much right now, just because my brain's in a weird spot. But uh, I'll get back to it. Um, you have to. <laughs> I have to. You, I mean, you I gotta have keep to, my I gotta keep my brand strong. Do it um, for the kids. Do it. Yes. Wu Tang is for the children, and Waylon Waylon K Smith is also for the the children and the adults and the preteens and the elderly. Yes. And Fable and Lore. Yeah. Mainly all it do it for the Beagles. Do it for the Beagles. I have two beautiful Beagles. Which I gotta get back to. I all think right. It's almost time for them to eat, so they'll probably start howling here soon. And they have been so good during this whole podcast, they did not bark once. That's good. I definitely think I heard my dog bark once or twice. But <laughs> I can probably edit that out. So yeah. all or right, just man. uh, you know, throw some effects on it. Yeah, just throw through a delay. I like I like using those. Yeah, cool. But yeah, I think uh, I think that's 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 my world. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, thanks for thank thank thanks you for so much for having me on backseat playlist episode something episode several. I don't know what number. I think I think it should be seven, but I'm not positive. But I like to end every episode with my apparently signature now signature catchphrase just because somebody somebody messaged me and they're like i really like your, your little motto of uh do what you love love what you do travel light and don't be a dick and i was like well that's yeah that's, that's my four so sentence it. mantra so yeah <laughs> do what you love love what you do travel light don't be a dick thank you don't for you dare be a dick don't don't do it if you want to don't it's not worth it no it's not worth definitely it definitely not all right. Well, thanks. Right. Thanks. Thank you, Waylon, for being on. Thanks anybody who listened. And uh, if you ever want to come back and do another one, just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll work it out. And, and if, uh, yeah. And um 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 yeah. Enjoy the um, rest of your weekend. Um yeah. Oh, you too. You have a you have a better <laughs> like to end weekend. this with a lot of ums and just oh, yeah. uh, just just degrade into um yeah. just um um. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, tell okay. Shannon I said what's up. I will. And uh, I will. looking forward to seeing you in person when we are allowed to see people in person again. Yes. Yeah. You got to get down here. Um, yeah. Hopefully, actually, you, get... you could come down here and we could watch Darkness Waits. We could. Uh, I hope you get back from San Francisco soon, as your background <laughs> would allow. <laughs> for for the listeners, there's a. As, uh, I'm using Zoom, and there's a Golden Gate Bridge background behind me. I want background like lists for this presets. meeting. <laughs> I usually have a rotation of goofy ones, but eh, too much work. Yeah, yeah. Conversation's more important. I don't want to be a sticky podcast. Not yet. Not yet. Not, not until, until you I get, that that's what makes you money. Not until I get the t-shirts in. That yes. have <laughs> your sticky t-shirts. Sticky. Yes. They, they'll be sticky because I eat like I'm four and I will probably spill something on it. <laughs> that means they're going to be worth more. Yes. Hand hand spilled on. 
hand mustarded. Yep. All right. I'm All right. going to uh, I'm going to end this now. Cool. I'm All right. Press stop here and go. Bye, internet. Bye, every. Bye, all you people out there in podcast land. <laughs>